Uh, it's just, I, I'm a little tired. That's just, that's the mood right now. Anyway, let's, let's get the show started. Welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. It's a podcast with me, Jordan Haas. You know, from the internet? No? No one does. Hey, welcome to a new episode. Yes, we got a new theme song, kind of. It's pretty much the Honest Haas theme from the Patreon. But hey, it's it's a theme song. It's a new new song. It's new, new, new-ish. Not really new. Homage to Screen Wipe, but still... Still a new thing, new, new to you, new, new for 2022, that's 2022, there, it's rhyming, it's, it's good, really good, hello, uh, this is the uh, part of the show where we just kind of ad-lib a bit, uh, because we have so many uh, things tonight, here in the, in the free version, a review of Saints Row, uh, later on we got uh, some thoughts about G4, uh, Jackbox Party Pack 2, and a bit more. But before we get to all that, uh, so I just wanted to quickly, oh shit, uh, <laughs> I was watching the VMAs uh, yesterday. Now, I, I watch the VMAs because essentially I don't really pay that much attention to the music industry that often. Uh, I, I'm not saying music is a, a weak spot in my pop culture mind. But I don't really pay attention because there's so many genres and musicians and bands and artists and all that that I usually just pay attention to the VMAs because that's usually the pulse of music right now. It's usually like a real who's who of the music industry is at the VMAs. Uh, so, yeah, Lizzo was great. And, and uh, there was some K-pop Blackpink performed. I like that. I, I really like all of the um, inclusion of... Of everything from Latin uh, artists to K-pop, it, it's a very international music award show, and I really like that part. And then you have like Johnny Depp as an astronaut because hey, remember the Johnny Depp trial and Amber Heard? Remember all that good, good stuff? That was fun. And then the cringiest thing I've ever seen a I, I forget what was the introduction. It was like. We are streaming this from the VMAs to the metaverse. Here is Eminem and Snoop Dogg. And it's them on the couch. And Snoop Dogg has a giant fake prop blunt. Because you get it, he likes the weed. He loves the weed. And then he they daydream of being bored ape NFTs in really, really shitty CGI. Uh, then that, that weird CG overlaying... Uh, the the concert performance going on right now compete with like people in the audience having to pretend something is there when it's really a computer graphic going oh my god and oh my I look most times when the VMAs have something shocking 
it's meant to be like weird, kind of like, you know, like the meat dress or Britney Spears with a snake. Uh, but this is one of those where it's like someone thought this was really fucking cool. And it looked, it's the most cringy shit I have ever seen at an award show. Someone's fucking NFT live performance music video with Snoop Dogg and Eminem. And I'm like, wow, they must get paid in cryptocurrency or something because this is embarrassing. And I just have to think some poor, poor asshole in Silicon Valley going, yep, this is going to definitely get the kids interested in cryptocurrency. I, I go to Reddit, I go to Wall Street Bets, I know what's going on. It, it, like, I... Every other performance was great. Because it was, like, Lizzo, mwah, beautiful. Nicki Minaj, hell fucking yeah. <laughs> fucking poor ape graphic thing. Oh, God. It, it, here's why. Here's why I'm laughing at it. Because, I mean, obviously, no, like, people are on the feds of NFTs. Are they good? Are they bad? I think they're bad. I, I, I don't like the idea of an NFT. Um, all of it just sounds like multi-level marketing schemes. It just sounds like you have to hype something to make it worth something, like a collector market, like a baseball card. But the reason baseball cards hold value is because somebody thinks it's worth it through passion and love. And this just screams, well, it will be worth money because we say it's worth money. And they duped so many people in Hollywood, so many people who are actors and actresses, and I'm guessing musicians at this point, into thinking the bored ape is worth something. That now I associate the bored ape with just that lack of creativity in Hollywood. Way worse than you would say, um, like, like, a. Like like the uh, the 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 superhero movies, or, or you know like the, those those uh, those like lazy fucks on Twitter like oh, the the Cal Art style of of drawing is just so gross. I'm a good new I'm a good cartoonist because I did Ren and Stimpy in the nineties, but also got fired because I was an abusive piece of shit. So. <clears throat> You see the, this whole, like, bored ape, and it's like, this is just that weird, like, uh, this is just that weird reaction face from, like, the 2009, 2010, with the weird fist and the grin. It's just with a monkey. And someone said, we can make money off this. And it's just, I, when you see things like Minecraft go, yeah, we're, we're getting rid of this shit. It's really showing a dividing line here of what people want versus what people need. And when the economy is fucking terrible, maybe it's not worth it to spend your money on a frivolous uh, holographic Charizard card in the form of this NFT. Maybe store your money. Maybe uh, buy, um, if, you, if you want financial advice, here you go. Uh, take the money. That you have any extra income, and uh, you know, put it under a pillow, put it, put it, maybe in the bank. You know, interest. At least banks have interest, and you'll get at least like a penny on it, right? So, just store it a fucking bank account, 
at least you'll get like pennies. It'll be worth neutral money, kind of. Because it is all just annoying and like, I, I, there's this huge division of is it good, is it bad? And I'm on team, it's pretty terrible and bad. It's a cryptocurrency. I, I That whole marketplace is just based on hype. And it's all based on like, it's worth it because I say it is. And, and that, so is like collectible cars. So is like bullshit like like when we had that video remember like like a few months back like almost like a year ago almost that whole video did you hear the super mario brothers is worth a million dollars no it's not some asshole said it's worth it and someone paid that because hey that drives the value up in the collectible market they're doing the same shit with the nfts none of this shit is worth what it is in fact I, I think if you actually want a good, like, accurate depiction of how much things are worth, just go to eBay and just sell any random thing that you would normally sell at a garage sale. And you'll see, like, hey, you know, maybe it's not worth how much you spent it. And then some items, they might be worth a little bit more than what you paid for because either it's a rarity, kind of like Marvel vs. Capcom 2, or maybe it's something that's, like, meaningful to whoever's buying it. Like, maybe someone uh, went to Disneyland in the 80s, so and their favorite thing was Videopolis. So a real Videopolis t-shirt would mean something to them, so they would pay a lot of money for it. You never know. But it's like... <clears throat> Something about just this, like, ugly-looking ape, this horrendous cryptocurrency hype war, and the fact that it was we had to suffer through a five-minute music video for this, and everyone has to do the same applause, like, oh, good, when it was really fucking cringe. I, I, I would say that's cringe. And I don't normally want to say that's cringe because one, I'm in my 30s. I'm not like a, a high schooler. But but two, it was a, I was just embarrassed because Snoop and Eminem are really two of the most iconic rappers uh, in, in current times. So to see them do something like that is just like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe just Snoop needs the money. <laughs> He's on retirement tour. Eminem's like, I don't give a fuck. I did mom's spaghetti in Detroit. I, this is nothing to me. Um, but yes, at least there was like a best K-pop and Lisa one. That was really neat. Uh, so uh, that that's kind of where we're, where my head was with this embarrassing, embarrassing uh, uh, show. Uh, second, uh, I, I recently bought Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Uh, we're, I'm not really going to do a full-on review of this because there's really nothing to uh, talk about. It's a really cheap version of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. It's like worth 30 bucks, which is it's a little overpriced, for, for to be honest. But it's like, it's a cute version of the show. They're not trying to go for the full-on game show effect with, like, the million dollars and drop out of school. They're just going with, like, here's first-grade questions, here's second-grade questions, third-grade, fourth-grade. And they have, like, rotating hosts, and it's a little, like, weirded out why they do that. But, like, at least, like, the questions are very cute, but, the like, the category selection is also very confusing. 
and the cheat system's confusing. It's a very confusing game, all things considered, but I will say it's at least playable. I didn't get any glitches. It seems like they, they kind of figured out what this game was about, and they're playing for points, not money, so they kind of don't care about the risk-reward factor of that show. So, yeah, kind of, kind of weird. Kind of, kind of weird. And then I watched uh, a show called Little Demon on FX. Well, okay, F uh, Hulu. It's on FX, um, but I, I watched it on demand through Hulu. Uh, Danny DeVito plays the devil. The daughter, who I think is named Lucy, uh, plays the daughter of the devil. And Aubrey Plaza plays the mom. And it's basically... Uh, like, I, I would say like another, it feels like an Adult Swim show. I feel like I've watched this. Like, was it? Cause, you know why? Because Lucy, daughter of the devil, on Adult Swim. That's what's throwing me off. There's always there's been like the story of like, what if the daughter of Satan exists? What would that be like? That's why. Okay, I. That's why I didn't write any of this. Um. So so it's an adult animation thing. Uh, Danny DeVito plays Satan, and he looks like a generic dad, but with really fucked up, like, character designers and really fucked up ideas and really, like, a real morbid, like, uh, hate streak. I would say narcissistic, but that's not Danny DeVito himself. That's, like, the character he's portraying in a way that is really kind of um, interesting as far as the show is. This, this... It's one of those shows that is, um, well, look, I bet people really, really like Little Demon because it feels like the same philosophy as It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And if it's Danny DeVito, I mean, obviously. But something about, like, just this adult animation that we are dealing with now where it's, like, hell and being terrible people and that's the joke and you fucking fuck as dialogue. It's just, it's, um... I'm not saying it's bad. It's just I feel like I've seen all these jokes and heard all these jokes before. And I feel like uh, the people are going to watch this and then they're going to compare it to Has Been Hotel. And, or they're going to compare it to like all of these weird animations that have existed beforehand. And the problem is that uh, Little Demon is a TV show. It's not a, like a Netflix, like a BoJack Horseman so they have to make sure a lot of people watch it on Hulu and binge it so they can figure out this whole storyline. Because currently, it's like, to me, it's mixed. It's a very mixed show. Um, I will, however, say that there is a lot of great one-liners in the uh, the show. I didn't really, like, it's not like I haven't, I didn't laugh at any of the episodes, even though I know these were jokes. Like, if that makes sense... Like, usually when it comes to a comedy, I don't want to be, like, a reviewer of comedy. I feel like me explaining the jokes are always kind of uh, weird. Um, but it, it's... So, basically, a uh, teenage daughter going to high school gets bullied, and it's the ability to get revenge on bullies through Satan and how great that feels, and revenge fantasy. That's basically the the premise of the show. It's... I don't know how to feel at the moment about this show, but I, I would say that it's... Um, 
it's interesting, but I don't know if it's like going to be for everyone. And I don't know if it will get a second season. It's just something about this show just says like, unless it's kind of like, what was that weird TBS show? Little Stranger Orbit, Little Orbit Things, Orbity Things, Stranger Things, Strange Orbity Thing. The one with the regular show guy, that one. It's that, it's one of those adult cartoons that you're hearing about, but you never got around to seeing it. And you're like, oh yeah, that. And then, like, it ends after, like, two or three seasons. That's that's what this feels like is going to happen. Even though I do like uh, Lucy DeVito, uh, who is playing the main character. I think her name is uh, Chrissy. And it's really very, very fun uh, to see Chrissy's character in this. Who is the little demon? Which makes it a lot of fun. Um, but... I just, I, maybe it just needs a bit more. I, I think it just needs to fit a better vibe. But I do love a lot of the references to like 1980s, like like Highlander kind of characters. <laughs> I, I, I think it's very cute. Um, like, we'll have weird character arcs. Whoever is like, whoever's like the modeler of characters in Little Demon, I actually like. Because they're just really uh, coming up with bizarre creatures and stuff, and I love that. Um, okay, uh, next. Uh, Dark Brandon. That's what they're calling him these days. Dark Brandon. I don't know why either. But Joe did student loan forgiveness last week, right after the episode just came out. And I think that's a good thing. We're talking politics, folks. And what I found really hilarious is uh, because of the student loan forgiveness, which, by the way, it should really be everything. Just just forgive all the student loan debt. But you have to follow, apply 10000 or 20000 blah, 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 blah. The people who are most pissed off got, like, business debt revoke, like PPP money, like just, hey, here you go. Here's like $300,000 for your podcast career. I don't know what you do. Getting really upset that like somebody who may or may not need that money, if they're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a nurse or an active attorney or maybe even a politician in the future, uh, they don't deserve that. And that was just like the most horrendous kind of thing ever. And that's why I'm going to keep saying this. Uh, Republicans uh, have no souls. They are ghouls. And fuck the Tories if you are in the UK. Uh, so I thought that was really fun because uh, the White House then like went to everyone who was really upset about this and just like, I guess as they clap back. Uh, decided to show like how much money did they actually get their from, from their uh, company debts that the, the they end up waiving the debt from, and I thought hey that's kind of uh, fun because they're upset about ten thousand dollars but not upset about getting money themselves. Hey, that's that that's really cute. Too bad they have no shame and are really embarrassing. Uh, okay, so. <clears throat> Next uh, is uh, Splatoon 3. I haven't played Splatoon 3 yet, but uh, I, I thought it was really... Uh, I saw gameplay of it, and it looks pretty fun. I, I don't know if I ha will have time this week to play it, but hey, if you're a kid, you're a squid, you're a kid, 
You're a squid. Uh, well, that was the original. I, I, I like the original Splatoon. I, I got Splatoon 2, but barely played it. But something about that game is just very fast-paced, a very fun multiplayer, and I kind of wish more people did play it. I, I Something tells me this could have been an eSport, but it never really got the traction that it should have. And then finally, uh, Sonic Frontiers. A uh, new trailer dropped. It's coming out, I think, in a couple of months. And it looks like an open-world game, but with 3D levels and 2D levels, and I... Uh, maybe Sonic the Hedgehog is just a little annoying. It's just a little annoying. I don't care much for Sonic Hedgehog. <sighs> yeah, I I don't know how to feel about the Sonic Frontiers game. It just it just doesn't sound fun. Anyway, oh oh yeah, that was right. The Gamescom happened. The Games Communism. The Games Committee. The Games. Com combine the games communication the games computer the games com on feel the noise uh that's that was happening this week in, in europe and jeff Keeley, our our only game journalist the only game journalist these days uh showed up and had wonderful things to say How many of you out there are fans of PlayStation? Well, it's time for the goats. Ready for some goats? Sonic. Any Sonic Hedgehog fans out there? Sonic has had a pretty good year with the uh, Sonic 2 movie, which was a ton of fun earlier this year. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Melly. Uh, anyone here a fan of Justin Roiland? Rick and Morty? Well, he's got a brand new game. I'm so sorry. I saved that when I was listening to Gamescom over the week. And I, I wanted to make like a whole article about it, but I, I did want to recap it all because it's mostly new IP and it's all European studios. And mostly when it comes to those games, they're not really going to come out till next year. And we'll find out more when those time comes. And I like to be a little bit more surprised. But Jeff Keeley, I don't know what it is. I like Jeff. I really like Jeff Keeley. But his hosting ability reads like amateur stand-up comedy. <laughs> like it's I'm not saying he's a bad host. I'm just saying his crowd work is just a little weird. It's like, how many of you love Nintendo? Any Nintendo fans out here? So I've been playing with my Switch lately, and you know, I've been playing a little game called Kirby's Rebuffet. Any Kirby fans out there? Huh? It that's what it sounds like with this whole presentation. And the problem is, Gamescom is set in Cologne, Germany, I believe. I think it's in Cologne. And it I mean, I'm not saying German people can't translate to English well, because it is an English broadcast, but it's really awkward to kind of try to explain to a crew of game developers and publishers and journalists, hey, any of you play video games? Who here has heard of Justin Roiland? Dead fucking silence for two seconds. Rick and Morty? Like, what? <laughs> that should be your fucking clue. That game's not really gonna be fun. I... I 
Look, look I'm, I, I'm not going to just dismiss Justin Roiland. I bet he's a really friendly face. But when you when it comes to Rick and Morty, it's it's Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. It, it's the two together in the sandwich. He's just the voice. He's the, oh, my God, I don't know. Oh, my God, and this is the voice. It, it, it's like saying, who here is a fan of Charlie Day? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like, it's that same level of, like, confusion it's always the setup, and I mean, I understand that that's basic communications when I want to set up for, for something, right? Like, how many of you have ever gone on a first date but forgot your wallet at home and had an awkward encounter? Well, in this story, I actually had that happen to me, so, and you just tell your story. <clears throat> but when it comes to Gamescom, it was... It, I, I understand it, it. It's that same flow because Jeff has done the same presentation thing at Summer Games Fest, and it's the same thing at the Game Awards. It's it's hard to explain necessarily why he suddenly became the ambassador for video games. I mean, he's a likable guy, but there has to be somebody else out there, right? Like, I like Jeff as a person, but I don't see him now as like. The coverage, I just see him as like a, uh, the, the face of when we need to do like a virtual award show or a virtual presentation. I don't see him now as the on, on stage host for a game studio. Personally, I, I think he's great. I, I think he's a really sweet person. I, I've talked to Jeff Keeley in the past. I have chatted with Jeff. Really nice. But I, I, for me, when it comes to a presentation, I'm more in favor of just getting a developer or publisher or somebody with some experience in the game to just try and uh, sell it to the audience. Because I think when it comes from someone whose life has spent making this game, it makes it feel a lot better. Now, I did cut out the parts where they did interview some of the publishers on stage, and I thought that was the best part of Gamescom. But... A lot of the, the games, it's like, they're all new IPs, I don't know. Or it's things like Gotham Knights. And I already pre-ordered Gotham Knights, and I think I made a big mistake on that one. My love of Nightwing has ended up costing me more than $60 at this point. Uh, and it, I am just scared of how that's going to turn out. But, hey, uh, Gamescom was pretty interesting. What's your favorite game that you saw at Gamescom? I, I would like to know. Follow me on Twitter at Jordha. That that's that's what we do. Anyway, I think I should probably uh, start my game review. Oh, I am so happy to finally get to review Saints Row on day Monday night, a week after every gaming outlet and podcast has already said it's terrible. Sorry, folks, I I can't be a big shot YouTuber or Twitch streamer with a content team and get my review copy from the studio before talking about how disappointing it is. First off, it is a buggy mess holy shit 
it, it crashed on me just creating my boss character. It crashes mid-mission. It crashes when I crash a car. It is not playable at all. Also, I haven't been the game yet, which is also very disappointing. But again, I only got about a week to play this. I really love Saints Row the Third, and I enjoyed Four. But when the last of the series lets you be a superhero and explode aliens, to go back to a basic open-world game just seems disappointing. The highlight of Saints Row has always been to satirize the open-world genre, and the comedy comes from the over-the-top behavior of the world, from the boss, to the cars you steal, to the on-screen prompts. In yesteryears, there was a Nolan North voice option, a dubstep gun, a radio station of Adult Swim music, and even Keith David giving a dramatic role and then reliving his iconic moment in They Live. Now, what if none of that happened? What if the jokes were on par with the workaholics whiteboard of lines that are punchlines that are tiresome? You've heard these lines before. Well, that just happened. Really? Weird flex, but okay. That's sort of really terrible meme speak that could best be equated to a new season of Big Brother using the term besties in their yearly twist. It's very tiresome and offers the same cringe as a high school student stumbling upon their English teacher's TikTok and seeing them do the Gangnam style dance to Old Town Road. Now, Saints Row is no stranger to embarrassing the main character with dances and silly gestures like the Three Amigos dance and even a John Cena You Can See Me. But since we last had a Saints Row game to now a certain free-to-play open-world game called Fortnite exists, and now you can make Tom Holland from Uncharted, Goku, John Cena, and even Iron Man do the whippinene to your heart's content. That... At least in a modern sense, now Saints Row has to catch up with Fortnite if they want to reclaim the stupid things to do in video games demographic. Instead, what you get is a very bland story that could best be described as fellow millennials, as they need money, and the way to get money is to do a crime and form a group, the Saints. The story itself is just very awful. There isn't a Johnny Gad or Kinsey to provide comical banter and satire. There's practically zero satire in this game. And that, to me, is the biggest crime this game has going for it. Instead of trying to fourth wall break with just fast travel spots or even expand the city on having a high amount of carjacking, but police barely doing anything to stop it. If you want to fast travel, you need to snap a picture. But if you're in a mission and it's on the whole other side of the map, well, you're just fucked. Here's a pro tip for you guys at home. Uh, abort the mission, go closer to where that uh, map was, and then uh, start the mission right around that area. You'll save yourself some time. It just feels like they had to speed up the writing and cut many of the world-building elements because either time or budget or the pandemic, this game feels half-finished. Now, some missions, like insurance fraud, is still alive, and it's still as silly as ever, but, um, good luck sometimes. I posted this 
uh, I wrote the review and then I posted this on social media uh, this weekend. I played an insurance fraud where there was no driving. There's no moving cars. How can you do an insurance fraud with no moving cars? How? So there's still some social commentary about the violence in this game. And one memorable mission involves just shooting toy guns with Hammy acting when they get shot. But it still isn't anything compared to Professor Genki, who's allocated to being a novelty tattoo. Satire is the best kind of comedy, at, at least to me. Because well-done satire comes from the heart. I'm reminded of shows like Hidden America with Jonah Ray and Documentary Now that treats the genres that they are spoofing with such love and admiration. And in video games, when you have Gex try and spoof TV shows, it was at least trying to be a stage. Sometimes you wind up with a pissed from Parody Interactive that's dreadful. Other times you find a goat simulator that's able to strike that perfect balance of both. And yes, Saints Row at least to me, used to be the best satire of open-world games. And this reboot isn't that by any stretch. I honestly can't recommend this game to anybody. It's not Saints Row enough to keep diehard fans happy. It isn't bad enough to be a play-it-because-it's-bad-ironic-streamer game. It's just bland. It's generic. It needed just extra time and some money and a few rewrites and motion captures to bring it back to its true form. And to be even more honest, this game isn't even necessary. I would rather have had a new IP in the spirit of Saints Row. Maybe like a satire of Elden Ring and Skyrim Dungeon Crawlers. Or maybe a parody of Battle Royale games when it's somehow even more stupid than Fortnite. Dead Island 2, from the last few trailers, steered away from the spooky in favor of stupid. That maybe that series will bring comedy back to video games? Perhaps? Maybe? But until then, I think just wait until it's on Game Pass, or until it's free on Epic Games. Because there is really no need to play this game at this moment, even if you are a fan of this series like me, I give it a two out of five. My recommendation is just go back and play in Saints Row the Third or Saints Row Four, and that's it. It's trying to be Saints Row Two, but isn't necessarily there. It's still better than the original Saints Row game, if that means anything to you, diehard Saints Row fans. But it's just barely at Saints Row Two levels of fun. No. At least there was a very funny mission involving a knife show. Ah, son of a bitch. This is the end of the free version of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, obviously, I would like you to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Jordan Haas, for the full version of this podcast. If you like that Saints Row segment, there's a lot more segments. There is a talking about Jackbox Party Pack 2. There's a talk about Pluto Television. And there is also my true thoughts about G4. Ooh, spooky. 
And there's always one of my favorite segments, your questions, and also a news segment, because it's a podcast with me. And check it out on Patreon for $5. Patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. Hit me up at the Discord, and we'll chat again soon. Bye!